Ahoy, mateys, and welcome to Expedition Cartoon, where my brother and I explore the vast and beautiful worlds of animation for the perfect place to call home. We are your captains, Alec and Lou. Today we are embracing some holiday spirit and going to Whoville. But before that, do you feel like I sounded like the painting from SpongeBob when I went for that? Oh, the paint, like from the intro? Yeah. Uh, sure. <laughs> I feel like there's a tendency to talk really fast in that voice. I've tried it before, but this time I committed a little bit longer. Let me ask you something. When you yes. think of pirate, is that the first thing that comes to your head? What, like, what it do you is, see of this pirate? It is right now because it was already in my head, but I think Jack Sparrow would normally come to mind first. See, I, I can tell where people's love lie when their answer is either like Pirates of the Caribbean or One Piece. Because ah. for me, when I think of pirates, the very first thing I think of is the Straw Hat crew. Well, One Piece is a hot topic right now. Uh, but one That is true. Plenty of people are talking about for those that are interested. I think today we're here to talk about some Dr. Seuss. Uh, and yes. I'm pretty excited for this one. This is, I guess it essentially serves as our holiday special, right? Yeah. Um, when we did Halloween month, we were able to cover basically five episodes worth of spooky content. Uh, if it were up to me, I might go that hard, but I recognize that holidays are not everybody's favorite time of year. People celebrate a lot of different ones and it would probably be pretty Christmas centric because that's what I know. Um, so uh, we just wanted to at least do one, but not oversaturate your feed. Uh, you know, if you're somebody who's not as into it. Uh, I, however, Lou, uh, am a big, big holiday person. And Whoville gives me all the vibes that I like. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to do my best to keep it reined in for this one. Reindeered in? I, yeah, God. I'm a, What's now, baby? I'm definitely not a Christmas person. I have a lot of reasons why, but I don't want to ruin it for people who like it, so I won't get into it. Would you like to instead ruin it for everybody that likes the live-action Grinch better than the animated one, tamely? Um, you know, it's so funny because I do think the live-action one is, like, like obviously objectively worse. Um, but I have come to appreciate it a lot more over the last few years just because, uh, I appreciate it as, I, I say this, I love it as a Jim Carrey movie. I don't like it as a Dr. Seuss movie. But do you uh, like it as a Christmas movie? I don't like any Christmas movies. <laughs> I bet that's not true, but we'll, we'll get into this a little bit. Um, yeah, I, anyway, I bring up the live action one because I, I do want to clarify here that we are an animated show podcast, not show necessarily, an animation podcast at the end of the day, cartoons and things. So yeah. we are technically not factoring in. Uh, that version of Whoville, but we might talk about, oh, here's one difference uh, that does not apply here. For example, apparently, as I learned, uh, all of Whoville is on a snowflake, canonically yeah. in the live action version. So, yeah, and the original. Well, I don't think so. I tried to find proof of it that it was also the animated version, and I wasn't able to find it. Wait, I mean, in Horton Hears a Who, we see it on a speck. Okay, so that's interesting. Be but so that's yeah, a you're right. Canon. You're right. It's well, it's the same canon. I think that Horton Hears a Who and How the Grinch Stole Christmas are canonical with each other, but they take place in different places. So that village that Horton finds is on a flower, yes. And therefore it stands to reason 
that Whoville could also be somewhere small. Actually, though, it is Who's in Horton Hears a Who. Yeah. So it so it is very likely. Oh wow! I guess we can't sort of can confirm this, can't we? Um, because yeah, I mean, it was on a back to back special too. I think they were the same creators. They are the same creators. Again, I would absolutely say it's the same canon. It's Chuck Jones animation. He did a lot of these. Um, okay. I think you're right. If we know for a fact that Who's live on a flower, it would be weird if they didn't, or I guess it would be weird if they did live on like Horton's plane, right? So I'm seeing that there's two different versions. One is contained within a snowflake and the other, which is in a Horton Hears of Who, is on the speck of dust. Although they are likely the same. Fair. Oh, do but do they call it Whoville in Horton Hears a Who? Yeah. Oh, geez. That changes things a little bit. I wish that I'd thought of I might have to consider that a little bit more. All right. Uh, well, we're setting the parameters here. Uh, starting off hot or cold for the holidays, I guess. Wait a um, minute. I, I just realized that Halloween is Grinch Night is actually part of this, too. I know. I thought about that. Let's uh, just, go. And I was going to bring that my up opinion <laughs> later. I mean, oh man, the reason I picked Whoville, and I do want to keep this at least somewhat uh, holiday centric because we are trying to do a little bit of a holiday special here. But as we go, we can expand outward um, because you're right. There are some other factors here. It, it's funny. It didn't even occur to me that Whoville is the same place as the one on the flower. And you're probably right. It could have gone from a snowflake to a flower. And either way, uh, yeah. it all counts. Um, wow, this is interesting. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't actually think about that before this either. <laughs> we did a watch party on Discord the other day um, where we showed a bunch of holiday specials, many of which were non-denominational or not Christmas exclusive. It was a lot of fun. And I talked about how we were going to be covering this on the show and some of our uh, lovely Discord users pointed out then, wait, if it's on a snowflake, doesn't that mean that you're at constant risk of your entire world being destroyed at all times? Uh, oh and, my god. You know what's funny is is uh, we're, that's assuming that our universe isn't also in a sort of cosmic snowflake of its own. That's kind wow. Of I mean, that's the whole point of the, sto the story. Horton Years of Who. You're right. You never know how small you are. Um, hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, but the thing, the way that, I mean, if we're talking about actual physics, uh, the perception of time is relative to size. So, you know, just like how an ant doesn't live as long, you know, technically speaking, a whole, a who, I mean, obviously this is a fictional universe, so it's not going to work this way exactly. Like, you know, like in Horton, here's a who, we see the who's speaking to Horton, which regularly would not be possible. But theoretically, if something were to actually exist in a microscopic planet you know like if there was a universe just theoretically if there was a universe within the uh skin cells that you have on your arm uh and there were people living within that universe on those skin cells then those people would be perceiving time way faster than us and their life cycles would be proceeding like like second by second as opposed to how we experience it Wow. Okay, so that was fascinating, and the thing that I like the most about it, Lou, is not how thoughtful and interesting <laughs> it is to think through, but that it reopens the ability for me to pick this as a possible place to live. 
because yeah. it does. You're right. That changes the physics of it. It makes it feel like, oh, actually, we can suspend our disbelief enough here to say that if this is a place that appeals to us, we could totally go here. Yeah. I mean, also, space space is ridiculous, man. Like, our our I mean, we think our world is safe because it's been here. But yo, a giant cosmic laser could blow us out of the dust out of the so quickly. We could be evaporated by a quasar in like a fraction of a second. Well, I'm not going to think too hard about that. Not on our holiday special, but <laughs> I, I do want to kind of think through another thing, which is I, I think maybe we've potentially already gotten a little bit too big, uh, not to uh, use a pun based on the subject matter we just talked about, <laughs> uh, but uh, I, there could maybe be a small subset of people who don't exactly understand even what Whoville is. So I should probably at least say uh, Whoville is kind of this land that most people know from the old cartoon special, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, uh, if we're talking about it in an animated realm. Yeah, uh, or the books. Yeah, or the book. Everybody, or many people, I think, know Dr. Seuss's book, How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Uh, and this is, as it is portrayed in the animated form, again, not the live-action one that many people know, uh, is kind of just this place of really happy, joyful people who, yep. at Christmas time, uh, go really hard, and they have all of these fancy uh, toys and contraptions, and they have a roast beast on the big holiday, yeah. and who knows where they get that from? Who knows? Already <laughs> <laughs> ah, for the who puns? Yeah, they're everywhere. Yeah, they've um, got all that who hash that they're doing up in there. And they have this character called the Grinch, which uh, is sort of just like a green guy who hates Christmas, and he lives on a mountain alone with his little dog. Um, and I feel like that's honestly all you kind of need to know, but the biggest part of it is really that this is a Dr. Seuss land. And I think the vibe of what yeah. a Dr. Seuss land is, is similar no matter which work of fiction you get it. Whoa, uh, whoa, 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 whoa. No, no, not, not, I mean, if it's like actually Dr. Seuss written, yes, but not the, not the movies. Not well, the movies. I'm still talking animation purely. Even animation, because there's an animated Grinch and an animated Lorax, like that are newer and they both suck. <laughs> All right, you're you're right. So I I still that's a you bring up another great point, Lou, which is that I'm thinking about the old Chuck Jones drawing style where they used to yes. make um, the Sneeches is a one that a lot of people knew. I'm sure that people saw Green Eggs and Ham. Um, I don't even remember if they ever animated the Lorax or uh, some others in that style. They may not have, um, but. Now the company Illumination is also making a lot of Dr. Seuss movies. So they've done the Lorax and they've done a new modern adaption of the Grinch, uh, which I should clarify, we are also not factoring in because it sucks. Is there, a, well, it's not is there another reason? Okay. <laughs> and it doesn't add much. The truth is that movie is pretty much just the glorious 25 minute version that many of us know from our childhoods stretched out way longer than it ever needed to be. Oh. Um, and again, this is our opinion. I'm sure that a lot of people love that one and I don't want to take that away from you, but we don't even know it well enough to factor it into this discussion. And again, I don't think that it would add very much that you can't already get from the 25 minute special. I, I, it, would, it wouldn't add anything of use. I will say that. Right. And I would also argue it's a different canon. Uh, yeah, like, it I, probably is. I, I I don't know. I mean, it's such a 
personalityless world. It really doesn't feel like, even though they give you an hour and a half of content, that they really don't have that much. Yeah, I don't want to necessarily state for a fact that all different animation styles would conflict with a canon, because there are shows that change their animation style within their canon. Um, oh, totally. But I think a lot of the time it tends to be true. Uh, if they're two totally different shows that were made at different times. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, for me, Dr. Seuss is not alive and would never have allowed, like, oh my god. The Lor everybody, you need, need, need to, I need to get this off my chest. The Lorax is my least, maybe my least favorite film of all time. Like, I Whoa. actually, I literally hate that movie with a passion. I think it is destroying everything is the most hypocritical piece of capitalist garbage I've ever seen in my life. I think it should be burned at the stake and people who like it are stupid. <laughs> that's, how, that's genuinely what I think. Dang, even you don't usually come out that hard. No, I hate that movie, dude. It, it took everything that the beauty of that story is trying to communicate about, like, caring about the environment and being a mindful, intentional human being, and it just craps on all of it. And it laughs its way to the bank while doing it, and I hate it. It makes me so angry. <laughs> Well, my least favorite movie of all time that I hate because it craps all over the holiday season is called Four Christmases. Who uh, <laughs> knows? I forgot about that. I despise almost nothing as much as I despise that movie. Uh, but it is also in theme for the discussion today because you know who else despises something? It's the Grinch. He despises Christmas. Yeah. How about most, that for a transition? He's the most relatable character in the series. Yeah, it, it may very well be. Uh, so anyway, I think that we've pretty much established, uh, what Whoville is. I did want to make the grander point before we got off on a tangent that with this old Chuck Jones animation style of Dr. Seuss, and I would even argue the books of Dr. Seuss, you are getting a lot of really whimsical names for household objects. Uh, you're getting a lot of color. You're getting a lot of, um, rhymes, I'll say. Uh, and just things that feel very cheeky and fun and a little bit zany. Uh, yeah. And I think that that's sort of just what we should paint into what the Dr. Seuss landscape brings to this. Because yeah. mostly today we're going to be talking about Whoville. Um, I assume that most of the Dr. Seuss stuff outside of Whoville is probably where Horton is. So I think that Whoville is actually unique in the Dr. Seuss universe that it's a very tiny place. I don't know for sure, but maybe. I I think in general that should be true. I don't know. The Grinch in the, in the Cat in the Hat had a weird crossover one time. Oh, and that's true. Apparently in the Netflix Green Eggs and Ham, the narrator at one point says Gl Glurfsburg is right past Whoville. So I guess by that logic, the Green Eggs and Ham world is is in there. It's, it's a little confusing. By the way, I've heard that's an excellent show, uh, believe it or not. I heard uh, that was good too. But uh, I don't yet. know if I can even count that as canon because it's a new animation style that seems yeah. kind of outside. You're right. So maybe it's muddy. Um, but I think that it doesn't really matter that much. At the end of the day, we're still talking about whether this is the type of place that we would want to be. And the fact that we are very tiny and at possible constant risk of death seems just as likely here, according to Lou. Uh, so by that logic, uh, I'm willing to just head to the world. We can decide. Uh, based on what we know about it, if this is a place that we would want to live. So let's take the ship off, Lou. Off we go.
You know what? It saves me an edit every time you make your own effect. So maybe we should make this the new thing. It's Lou a better going... effect anyway. No, I'm just it kidding. I don't I know. I think it is. Probably not. No, it genuinely is. All I do is take a small blip of the theme song that I was barely able to make it sound flawless. It still doesn't. So you're better. Oh, wow. I like right, your sound. Um, all right. Before I get into this, Lou, I realize we never named our ship. I, oh, I yeah, left... We talked about it in the first episode, but we never decided on anything. We did. I left three options for people, or rather, I guess I, I didn't really ask. I was more just, oh, here's we should revisit this. Here are three different decent options. Um, I I still like the SS tune, and I like the Anna machine. Do the I? The machine's good. I like the Anna machine. It's a better I, pun. It is. It it's. <laughs> is it a pun? I think so. It's animation, animation, animation. It's more just a combination of words. I don't, I don't know if it's a pun. All you're doing is tweaking the end of animation. So I think it qualifies. Let me have this. <laughs> um, it's very close to the mystery machine. Okay, that's fine by me. I love the mystery machine. Now, here's a question. If we were to transport on any one vehicle from animation, and that was our actual mode of transportation, uh, where are you oh. going? You going to One Piece? Oh, like, 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 if, like, would I take, like, a ship from One Piece? Yeah, like, what if you could take an animated vehicle and travel between universes on it? Would you oh, have there's, one? There's no way I would choose a One Piece ship just because the ocean is scary. Um... Well, in this case, we would almost be traveling through space and time, so it wouldn't even be the ocean. Well, then I would die, because it's not capable of traveling through space and time. All right, Mr. Literal. <laughs> I'd have to disbelief. Take... Uh, that's a tough question. Okay, if, if I didn't have to be in the ocean, low-key, I love the submarine from Atlantis. I think that's, like, one of the coolest animated vehicles of all time. It would give you a lot of options in terms of all the different places that you could visit within it. And I think yeah. that makes it a strong choice. Yeah, I just, I love the animation style. I think Atlantis is a very underrated film. I really I'd like it. to take Howl's Moving Castle around, meet Cal uh, Calcifer. That's, that's a very good answer. Yeah. That's a very I, good answer. First thought, you know, I bet that if I thought about it, I could come up with some more. Maybe, it, uh... It reminded me of the top 50 animated vehicles list that we did that one time. <laughs> Oh, that was fun. Yeah, back when we were doing Twitch. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, if people uh, are interested, uh, go ahead and go to our Discord, um, and you can let us know what types of animated vehicles you would like to explore on. Uh, I've recently started making a forum post so that all of you can also talk about the uh, place that we're visiting every week and whether you would want to live in it. So you can do that okay. in the Discord in the notes. If we're completely ignoring the rules of physics to tie it back into the episode, Loki, how hysterical would it be to just travel around space and time on the Grinch's sleigh that he made in his freaking cave. As long as poor Max doesn't have to pull it. That would nope, be my with, big with, with Max pulling it. No, that's not fair. This poor <laughs> dog goes through it. <laughs> the dog gets initiated as one of the doctors from Doctor Who and just is able to do it. I mean, at least he would fly so it would have more reindeer energy. But yes, thank you for bringing it back. The Grinch is terrible to his dog in this original animated special he really is it's one of it's one of the things that honestly uh none of the other sequels do very well especially the new animated one where they just pretend that the grinch is like the biggest dog lover on the planet <laughs> you can't make this happen again though not now in my opinion i mean i guess it I is mean, the one thing that proves he's a true villain and not just a grumpy guy yeah that's the thing like like you know you 
without that, he's not actually going through a change. Like the whole re he, his his villainness is supposed to be changed by the fact that his heart is touched by the beautiful and kind spirit of the Who people, which in the live action isn't possible because the Who people are all absolutely dodged human beings. <laughs> <laughs> and in the in the new animated one it doesn't work because they don't have personality and the Grinch isn't even that bad of a guy from the get-go yeah I know I mean I think that that's a good point um so just know if we're gonna move somewhere like this a Grinch could exist it's not all happiness at Whoville necessarily it looks like just this wonderful place where everybody is blissfully ignorant to the world around them and, and that's why the Grinch is kind of pissed Kinda. Uh, and that's why a character like the Grinch is meant to be contrast. But in a weird way, their entire life is apparently taking place on a snowflake or a flower. So they might not actually have that much legit suffering to worry about. It might not be just blissful ignorance. Yeah, it seems like Whoville is a pretty, like, satisfying, egalitarian community. Yeah, they seem very happy. There's good community. The Grinch yeah. is really the only outlier. And at least in the animated version, we don't necessarily see that the Who's are making a conscious effort to actually make him uh, a pariah. Like that stuff comes in the live action version and in the yeah. new animated movie. But in the original one, they seem very welcoming to him when he brings the presents back. And they're all just as happy. They're like, great, another homie to, to have uh, dinner with. That's great. And that's, okay, so I said I don't like very many Christmas things. And most of it is because I feel like the morals don't make any sense. Mm -hmm. And in, this is one reason why I actually like the, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, the original Chuck Jones one. Because the Who people are supposed to inspire us. There's, it's supposed to be a fictional world that's better than we are. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's supposed to be like a perfect looking place. That it even makes someone as cold and heartless as the Grinch you know, become a loving and communally, you know, valid, valuable person. Um, but, you know, and it, it's really cool to see a society of people who genuinely wouldn't be mad at all if all of their presents were stolen. But you know what would really happen? The way that the Who's react in the live action version. Right. They brought it a little bit more to reality. And I think some people like that one better for that reason. Um, but I mm. prefer the version where it's, not the truth in a way because it's like yeah this is an ideal version and you understand that that's what it is um which maybe brings us a little bit to what makes a great holiday special versus a regular tv show or movie because i think sometimes when you're watching the and i'm not even saying that everybody needs to feel this way but i think that you know for a long time historically holiday specials have tried to make themselves something that people can watch yearly and make them feel happy for the season. And definitely not everything falls under that category by any means. Um, yeah. And, and I would say, I mean, the reason that I say I don't like most Christmas movies, I mean, I, like to watch them as movies, you know what I mean? Like I'll watch the Rankin and Bass holiday specials for, for Christmas but I don't think they're good movies. <laughs> well, the Rankin-Bass ones are especially atrocious for a lot of reasons. But those um, are like quintessential, like that's, they, they made Christmas specials a thing. Like they we are. Wouldn't even, we wouldn't even have Christmas specials if it wasn't for those. I would have to look back in history to see exactly like what came first in terms of specials. Um, I think it a lot doesn't of matter because it's about what popularizes it, not about what comes first. That's true. Case. And Rankin Bass popularized a lot of things. They also swung and missed a ton. I recommend oh, everybody yeah. immediately go 
search Rankin Bass full list of movies and specials, and you are going to have a great time seeing what they tried. They have ter- they you know, I found out that they did I think they did um Cricket, Cricket on the on Hearth. The hearth. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god, dude, that is such a bad, bad, bad movie. I rewatched it this year for the first time since we were kids. Uh yeah. still bad. Still bad. It wasn't as bad as I remembered in a weird way because I just remembered how bad it was. And I think because the bar was so low that maybe it went up a little. That's Um, fair. I remember laughing about how terrible it was. Yeah. No, and I mean, Rankin-Bass, for those who don't know what we're talking about, they did Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. They did Frosty the Snowman. uh, They did Santa Claus Claus is Coming coming to Town. And okay, and I will say like, Frosty the Snowman is an example of one that I actually think is, like, kind of good. Like, actually, like, it doesn't make sense. Well, that's one thing. That's what, okay, so one thing about a Christmas special is it doesn't need to make sense. And it doesn't need to be good sometimes. Well, okay, let's not go that far. That's my opinion, and that's why (laughs) you don't like them as much as me. Because I get a lot of enjoyment out of the bad ones. Yeah, well, hey, I, I, I could tie Polar Express into this. Don't you dare, because Polar Express is one of my favorite non-ironic movies of all time see uh dude it just looks so bad i disagree it looks i think so that the people cringe. who hate the animation are wrong i mean i i okay i now i don't hate the animation i like it because historically it was the first ever fully motion capture animated film and it was experimental and i love i'm i'm a nerd about like you know just the progression of animation so i think it's cool for that reason mm-hmm. um but it's it's like saying it's like saying oh I like the original Toy Story but then also saying that I thought that the the baby doll in the original Toy Story looked good like any animator will tell you that no that's early CGI that does not look good it looks creepy and terrible right you know what I mean so the um, fact that they used motion capture you think is historically interesting and yeah but it yeah. was clearly the first time they did it in full and it doesn't look good. I guess for a lot of people it really creates the uncanny valley sensation in a way that they can't even enjoy the movie and I've never had that problem at all. Like I'm still very easily able to watch it and it does not distract me. If I don't look at the people's faces, I think it looks good. <laughs> all right. I mean, but that's a pretty big criticism. I'd be interested in having Polar Express be our holiday special next year because I think that that would be another fun one to explore. I'd be interested in that too. I mean, it's, um, it's kind of our world, but with the fantasy element of having like that's like, you know, the Santa's workshop area in the North Pole. Yeah, and it creates a bit of a different discussion because the train would be an integral factor to that discussion. We, we don't take our ship there for this one. We take the train. Oh, well, or we live on the train, which is another possible uh, discussion. Man, man, that would be kind of sick. Okay, yeah, we'll save that for next time. Yeah, sounds good. Yeah, because it's basically Whoville is the quintessential this is a holiday town version. And I think the real question that we're asking at the end of the day is, would we want to live in a holiday town, which is genuinely free of problems? You know, it really is the way that things are um with the exception of one thief (laughs) who ends up being a good guy in the end yeah true uh and there is definitely something appealing about that uh i i also like how the dr seuss world functions i think the inventions are cool i like how everything sounds it's very kinetic i will say if we are tying in halloween as grinch night into this um which in the timeline of how the grinch stole christmas it's clearly before the Grinch had his like whole, you know, coming to Jesus moment or whatever. Yeah. Uh, 
technically speaking, in Halloween is Grinch Night, there is one character, I think it's like the Woozle Foozle or something like that, who is uh, going extinct. So actually, there is animal endangerment that we do have canonically in the Whoville world. Okay, great point. And yes, I think that we have to consider Halloween is Grinch Night, a special that many of you probably have not seen. It's um, great. It's I don't care what anyone says. It's awesome. I love it. I like one part, and I think the rest sucks. That's my opinion. The It's build-up! You need the build-up! There's so uh, much tension in the build-up! The build-up could be quicker. That's my that's oh my thought. Oh my gosh, no. Uh, I love it. It's got it's got the color in it. It's so good from beginning to end. It's funny. Like, when the, the dog has a song, everybody. The dog gets a song, and it's that's true. hilarious. I do love songs that don't need to be there that are super, like, trippy and weird. Um, yes. And, but that is not, but the dog song is not the trippy weird one. And My dear old Auntie Woofie. Yes, thank, thanks, Lou. <laughs> it's f***ing so funny. I honestly, I, I would say that I do recommend giving it a try just so that you can see the really wild scene that has the song I'm talking about. Yeah. But, uh you know it's not my favorite even so it does count for the discussion today unfortunately um oh, fortunately i love it but it does so this is interesting because we have whoville during christmas that we see during Happy grinch till christmas we have it during halloween halloween is grinch night and we also kind of see it like during the spring or just a regular time of year when we see horton here's a uh, who and i will say that that version of whoville we sort of see one guy being chastised for being crazy by the rest of Whoville. So they're not perfect. Oh, you yeah. Know? I forgot about that. That's true. That is the closest that we get to seeing some kind of actual conflict amongst the people because they don't think that he is telling the truth when he says, oh, our entire livelihood is in danger. That's uh, true. That's true. There is prejudice there. It's a fact. So, it's not perfect. Uh, and I think that that's going to be my biggest problem here. My other problem is, can you believe this, Lou? Mark it. Put it on the books. I think Whoville is too happy. You're joking. I know. I'm the happiness guy. I studied happiness. That is my actual genuine background. And uh, I think it's too much. Why? Because I have been too jaded by the real world. Even me, happy Alec to be able to walk in a world full of happiness and not be a little bit grinchy myself. I can't believe I'm saying it, but I think it's true. Wow, I completely disagree with you. That's like why I think the, this this original is so brilliant. Wow, all right. So you actually, you as yourself, being who you are, would be able to walk in here and be at peace. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah. I, I, I mean, it, the thing is, they're not played as like, stepford creepily happy they're just like peaceful what's wrong with peaceful people why is that a bad thing i so well, don't get that i don't feel like there's any layers there like i don't get the feeling that we get any real complex emotions from any people that are in whoville in any of the animated properties that we see except i will yeah, say one halloween complexity comes from struggling and from strife and from like you know, the complexity of gross human, 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 you know, earth. So do you see complexity as suffering? Really? Yeah, of course. That's what, that's what makes great art is suffering. Do you, hmm, that's interesting. I mean, I guess that the guy who's trying to tell all of the Whoville citizens that their world is in trouble is the most complex character in that. 
Yeah, and he's he, the one suffering and knowing that there's an issue in the world. And he is. Uh, Halloween and Grinch Night, same thing. The one character we get that's complex in that one, um, other than Ukariah. the Grinch. Uh, you know, is also sort of aware of something going on, right? Yeah, he wants to try to stop the Grinch from coming to help everybody. It comes from the fact that there's a problem and he, you need to do something about it. And there's a whole coming of age experience that comes with that. Wow. But do you know what's interesting? Despite that, even if you're right, even if complexity is suffering, which is something I would still really want to think harder about and explore, because that's a very, very interesting thesis, uh, is why do I still crave complexity anyway? Why would I still rather be complex than be in this place that seems like they have everything figured out and they don't have a reason for complexity? Well, because you'd feel like you're abandoning your world and you have some sense of guilt that's attributed to not just staying and helping. Hmm. That's possible. Right? But if you were just born into that world, why would it, why would it matter? Now, I don't have that sense of guilt. I don't know. I don't think anybody, I don't know anybody in this atrocious place, anything. I'd, I'd <laughs> hop on a boat and go tomorrow. Do you feel like it's too unrelatable? Like, do you, do you ever get a sense of, Honestly, this is just so far away from what I know that I would feel too much like a fish out of water to enjoy myself. Because that would be, I think, that's been my problem with a lot of the places that we visited, just in a very different way. Well, I mean, I, I always joke, and I do, I mean, I joke about it, but I also mean it, that, like, the Grinch is the most relatable character because he's the one who's suffering, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um. You know, when I watch, like, okay, so, my okay, I'll, I'll reference the live-action Grinch again, right? When I think of the live-action Grinch, I have a problem with it because the Grinch is the only character that makes any sense in the movie, right? Oh, like, like he's clearly right, and everybody else yeah. is just terrible. He's clearly just right. He doesn't Except need to learn Cindy. it. Well, no, she doesn't make any sense either. She's supposed to be two years old, and she speaks like she has a freaking philosophy degree. Well, in the live-action movie, I think they age her up. No, in the, they still say Cindy Lou Who, who was no more than two. Oh, I guess they would have to. Yeah, <laughs> it All doesn't right, well. make any sense. <laughs> also, the person who played Cindy Lou is in a really good band. Um, but that's a complete wow. side tangent. Um, uh, and, and, you know, I relate to the Grinch in that movie the most because I'm like, yeah, like all these, gr all of the, oh, I almost said all these Grinches, all of these Whos are super vain super like you know keeping up with the joneses with trying to outcompete each other with their lights super consumed with materialism and wanting to buy everything and just like care like that and that you know like oh that's the point it's commentary like it doesn't feel like commentary it just feels like these people are awful and then they learn a lesson for no reason at the end um which makes it less relatable can i ask like a really big question yeah. and i i just want to explore this we don't have to answer it because i think it's too big yeah. What do you feel like is the place of commentary or yeah. What do you feel like is the place of commentary when trying to create an escapist land in whether it be animation or fiction in general? Like, uh, like what, like, I don't know what you like, rephrase the question. I don't see. What so you basically mean. what I'm trying to ask is, does it ruin Whoville for you in the movie? Because there it's just so close to real life that you are not able to suspend your disbelief of it being an escapist world. Like, does it ruin the world for you and make it less interesting because it's commentary? 
No, because I don't do escapism. I'm not a fan of escapism. I don't like consuming art for escapism usually, unless I'm like really stressed out, and then I'll just watch something brainless. Um, you know, like like old Family Guy cartoons or something like that. You know what I mean? Which ironically has commentary. Um, but yeah, you know, f for me, it, to me, the movie isn't relatable. Like that, and that's what the problem is, or it's it, it's not realistic. I mean, because the Who's don't act like people. The Who's are like a special breed of ass. Like, like people. Like, look, I think human beings are totally vain, and there's lots of problems, but it makes it feel like that's them, not us. You know what I mean? It doesn't actually like make people feel like because if you're gonna do that kind of commentary, you need to make the person watching the movie feel like they're the problem. And it doesn't. It makes you feel like the who's are the problem and that we're not like this. Maybe society oh. is like this, but I'm not like this. I'm not that terrible. I would never do that. So it makes it feel like you can point the finger at an abstract villain that's society or not you. And then nobody actually learns anything and nobody actually gets better. Okay, that's interesting because that answered my question kind of, uh, which is that you know, when you're seeing this outside society as being, oh, that's just Whoville and that sucks. It doesn't even really have a message. It's just like, that is a place I would not want to be or live. Yeah. And and, and nobody nobody learned anything from watching The Grinch. Nobody is, you know, nobody is, is more caring or more mindful around their family. Nobody's like tuned down the, the capitalist BS. Everybody still like has weird present buying competitions with each other around the holidays like nothing changed you know what i mean it didn't even seem like that was their goal their goal was to make jim carrey the grinch that was the only goal of that movie and to be fair they succeeded not only did they succeed but it gets rerun again and again and again so yeah. they did something right in terms of the marketability they uh, did. and people did resonate with it somehow i just don't think it was as commentary but and that's why i think it's a great jim carrey movie but it's a terrible dr seuss mo movie because dr seuss wasn't intending for that to be what it was about the whole and... point of this is supposed to be you know human beings need to like actually learn to come together and find peace and love and stop otherizing each other like the grinch did okay and not everything has to have commentary either which is i know not what you're saying um Maybe for something for you to really enjoy it, it does. Uh, or for it to be one of your favorite things, you need to get like a little bit of that complex commentary, which I, I mean, understand. I, I even gave my my turn off my brain thing as Family Guy, which still has commentary in it. So I actually don't know if I think it does have to have commentary for me. Fair. Well, I, I don't like Family Guy at all, uh, which is, you know, a, a discussion for another day, possibly, if we ever decide to explore that world. I don't um, even know if I actually could say I like it that much either. That's why I said it's like a turn off my brain thing, you know? Sure. Um, but a lot of holiday specials are very escapist. Um, and uh, it's probably just because you say they yeah, don't make the, sense and maybe that's why. They're all trying to have commentary. It's just bad commentary. And that's why I don't think that they're good movies and that they're only good Christmas specials, mostly. Fair because enough. I don't think that, you know, if, if, you're, if your only commentary is going for it's not about the presents, then yeah, it's not a good movie to me. <laughs> All right. Uh, I can understand. I mean, I still love a lot of them because it, I'm not necessarily watching for commentary. And that, again, comes down to just a fundamental difference in how we view fiction. Um, yeah. You know, and how we enjoy our content, which, again, is why this, it makes it like for a very dynamic discussion when we talk these things through. 
Um, but like yeah. when I watch Polar Express, I am just like filled with holiday joy. And that's exactly what I want when I'm watching the movie. I'm not watching it to learn anything. <laughs> no kidding, because that has some of the most confusing moral of anything I've ever just believe. Wait, wait, really? Just all right, believe? all right. Believe all in right. what? Believe in Santa Claus? Why should I just believe? Why do when I hit a certain age, suddenly I can't hear the bell anymore? What, what's the deal with that? All right, you all can right. crap on my childhood outside of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you can't. Hey, just, you, you said you don't care about the commentary, so what I say shouldn't matter to you. <laughs> it, it doesn't really. Uh, but leave the <laughs> listeners out of it. I bet a lot of people love the Polar <laughs> Express. Uh, hey, look, I like watching the Polar Express. There, there are some scenes that I think are a little, like... Uh, I, I think that like the sequence at the end with them chasing the presents goes on a little too long. I think uh, like one or two of the songs are a little unnecessary and uh, you know, the animation is a little uncanny, but other than that, I actually think it's a perfectly fine movie. Okay. I like that. Uh, you know, you talked about great uh, commentary from, I guess you, you at least alluded to uh, the yeah. idea of, Oh, if a world has great commentary it can be very immersive it can even be potentially uh escapist um and still really hit and you understand immediately that oh this is also teaching me something about my own world and maybe even it does so in like a really mind-blowing way which really makes you think and a studio that i feel like does this very well a lot is studio ghibli uh oh yeah and i think of princess mononoke which is not even like subtle um yeah i I mean you should i mean i should say that like escapism is a perspective of how you consume art but no art is is has a lack of commentary like um like Mm. part of part of a story is having a message or a moral it's like otherwise it's not really a story it's like a poem you know what i mean it's it's something else that's a great point, actually. You're right. It is kind of a thing where all of these things that we watch have to have something. Otherwise, we wouldn't have a podcast to talk about. Yeah, like the like part of the actual structure of a story is having something to say, whether it's powerful or weak. You know, that, that depends on the quality of the writing and the relatability that it has to people, you know? That's a, such a good point, too. Um, so can I ask... When it comes to escapism, I know that it's not how you like to consume your content. Um, I guess what I'm wondering is, do you, could you see yourself loving something that is escapist and also commentary? Or do you feel like, or good well, commentary? Like, like I'm saying, say. there's no art that is escapist. Like you don't write something saying, I want people to not experience themselves being alive while they watch my content. You know what I mean? Like, uh, maybe somebody does that, but it's not very often. Like, I can't think of a single work of art that, like, I can't think of a single story, like a fiction, a book, anything like that, where the author isn't probably trying to get you to think in some way, shape, or form. That's interesting. So do you almost feel like the escapism thing is almost an even different type of topic than we're thinking about? Is it almost the way people consume something rather than the way that the art is delivered? Yeah, escapism is a life philosophy. You know what I mean? Like, I can even walk into an abstract painting that didn't have any intention for you to get meaning out of it and get meaning out of it. You know what I mean? So if Yeah, so if I decide to watch Disney movies and get really sucked in and immersed feeling like, because I do have, I do that, you know? I am somebody who enjoys escapism uh, to... 
I hope a healthy degree. Like I understand where you can't just pretend like things aren't real because you're sucked into uh, totally. fairyland. But totally, um, I do like going into those worlds, and I do like you know almost using my imagination to feel like, oh, what if I did a podcast where uh, we went to different cartoon <laughs> worlds and tried to live in them, and uh, it would be like different than the real world because I would be somewhere else and not the place that I don't like. Wow. And I'm just using this to let, that's so funny. I'm just using this as an excuse to get out all of my philosophical jargon about the world that we actually live in. Yeah. I mean, but anyway, I don't think that it's right or wrong necessarily, but I do, I like how you framed it, that escapism can mean whatever you want it to mean. Like if you get escapism from the Pokemon world, uh, cause you can like picture yourself, uh, being part of that, even in a video game fashion, I would say, yeah. um, great. Or if you just like it because you enjoy the Pokemon design. Basically, there's no right or wrong way to like something, I, I guess. And Yeah, I mean, here's an example. So this is why I think with movies and, and TV shows and stuff, it's different, right? Because those are all written stories. And a story can't be good unless it relates to human beings for some reason, right? Mm -hmm. But a video game, you could play a video game like Tetris. And Tetris doesn't have a moral. It doesn't have a meaning. You just sit there and play the game. And it's just there to occupy your mind space. You know what I mean? Okay, you're right. So that's a different example. I shouldn't have brought gaming into it. You know a lot about it. And, uh, <laughs> well, I mean, you, but you see my point. Like, they're different artistic mediums that kind of exist for different reasons. Yeah, um, actually, no, it illustrates the points perfectly. Uh, and how, um, you know, some of these animated worlds that we're looking at aren't exactly the same thing. Yeah. Uh, now, there are I, video I like games. It. There are video games that also tell a story. Like, a video game doesn't have to be void of storytelling elements either. In fact, probably most video games that people consider to be really good do tell a story. Because, um, you know, Tetris is very simple. Uh, Tears of the Kingdom is not very simple. <laughs> sure. So, well, then let me at least circle back and say, I wonder if a lot of holiday specials are at least made in some degree for the escapist audience in mind, realizing that these are people who are not necessarily wanting to think too hard about it. They just want some holiday cheer in their life. And we're going to try to find the most creative way that we can to deliver the holiday cheer in a way that it can be replayed again and again. You know, I really hope so, because that would be the only thing that justifies how half-baked their moral philosophy is in any of these films. So... Let me give you one great example. I know you are talking films. Yeah. And I think that differentiates it a little bit. What about the uh, Christmas special Arnold's Christmas from Hey Arnold? I don't remember that well enough to even say, to be honest. Okay, fair enough. I, I think that after watching it, and I could be wrong, I've been wrong before, that you would agree with me that that is a good Christmas special, but it's also sad. So it yeah. doesn't do the same things as the joyous ones necessarily do. So maybe that's a bad example. Well, okay, here's here's an example. This is another one of my favorite Christmas movies, and I think it's a good movie, is uh, A Christmas Carol. Um, the one with, uh, uh, shoot. Oh my God, I can't remember the actor's name anymore. From the 70s. George you know C. Scott? Yes, George C. Scott. On it. Um, that's a fantastic movie. Uh, because it has a story about a rich guy that realizes that he needs to stop being rich. Mm -hmm. But um, it is still spirited and it ends up heartwarming is what you're saying. Uh, I'm just saying that it has really good commentary, actually. Okay. <laughs> um, the heartwarming element's nice. I mean, it doesn't have to be dark. Like, you know, he, he could have not learned the lesson and little Timmy could have died. and Or he had to, he could have learned the lesson a harder way. And instead of being warned by the ghosts in advance and him saving everything and making right what could have been wrong, you know, he could have just learned it the hard way. 
you know, and sure. both both mess both ways deliver the message, but one does it in a more Christmas movie friendly way. And um, I like that because I personally, and, and this is definitely not um, everybody's taste, because I think people are probably love the movie I'm about to say that I hate. Um, which one? National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation is one that people oh, really people love. love that movie. It's true. People really like that movie. I think and it's fine. I, 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 don't, I don't get the hype. I, I don't, but the reason I don't like it is because I'm looking for something a little bit more spirited out of the holiday specials that I watch because I'm not watching something necessarily even to laugh. Like, I seek out my holiday content for feel good, it, not just because it's Christmas, it's well, sort of like a time there, of year, a cozy thing. Yeah. Um, and that one does not make me feel good. It makes <laughs> no. me feel cynical and annoyed. It makes me laugh. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I, I uh, is a comedy that I laugh at with the exception of one scene. And I, I, I also, I, that, that whole movie is cringe to me. I don't know what scene you're, you're thinking of. Yeah, man. <laughs> I know. I really like Elf for the most part. I'm trying to think of other movies that maybe I, I could argue and say, Oh, what about this one? You might like that. Um, and uh, I, I don't know. I feel like we've covered some of the major ones, but I mean, it's just because it's really hard for a Christmas movie to say something and not just be safe. Because it's it's just like it's it's the one of the reasons why I think Disney's been not so good lately, right? Is because mm -hmm. if you try to have your audience be for everybody, it ultimately pleases no one. Because if you're not taking any stance and not trying to say anything, you're not really going to impact anybody that much. Okay, yeah. I mean, we talked about that a little bit with the Wish podcast. That's true. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, that's a good example. It's just like, like, like when you have a mood. When you, okay, so one reason why. Uh, a Christmas Carol is so good is because people want we we re most people relate to the poverty side of it, right? Most mm -hmm. people have like have a sick have had a sick family member, have had some strife in their life, and most people have had a rich guy staring down their back that's not really very helpful and kind of not sympathetic. And you want to see that guy learn the lesson. You want to see him get better. You know, you don't want to just see him get punished. It's awesome to see him get punished and see all these ghosts mess with him. That's fantastic too. And we get a little bit of their comeuppance, but ultimately you want to see somebody get their comeuppance because you want to see them be better. You know what I mean? And it, it hits in a way that makes us feel like there's hope for society. Like maybe some rich guy will watch this movie and realize that they're actually not being really good in their lives and that they should probably, you know, freaking give away, decide that being a billionaire just by rule of thumb is unethical because you shouldn't hoard that much money for any reason. You know what I mean? I don't care how hard you worked for it. You, There's so many people in the world who need that money more than you do. You yeah. know what I mean? It's like a, a true hero, a true good human being wouldn't say, I deserve this, so I'm keeping it all to myself. You know what I mean? Like, and that's what makes it good. But most Christmas movies don't want to give something that much commentary because they don't want to politically confuse anybody. They don't want to think they're taking a stance that somebody could disagree with. They just want to think like, believe in stuff or, you know, be, you know, care about your family. Just like morals that everybody knows that don't challenge anybody's belief system. Okay, I can understand that, but some of those morals that aren't challenging are still fun to me. Um, around the holiday season, depends on what they are, because I'm watching for imagery a lot of the time, and I'm yeah. watching for even music a lot. Okay, music. Let's talk about how great the 
uh, Grinch song is from the original animated special that is Yahoo weaved throughout. Flores, Flabu, no, Dorgans. not that one. What? 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 You're that a is... mean one, Mr. Oh. Grinch. <laughs> I can't believe that's not the one I thought of. You're right. That's a way better song. But yours actually encapsulates Whoville more than mine. Mine is more <laughs> yeah, about the Grinch like... as a central character. Actually, my favorite song is, is uh, believe it or not, not either of those. It's it's just the the score when they start sledding down the hill. I just like it. I don't know. It's got a lot of energy to it. But the music adds a lot of flair to this land. And to kind of tail off what you were just saying, How the Grinch Stole Christmas is also a special that you love, despite everything that we just talked about with complexity. So what is it about this special, this place that hits for you? Is the music a big part of it? Music and color are definitely two big parts of it for me, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, the story element really is there, right? It's not just like the thing that I like about the Grinch is, or the the, the story rather, is that the the character, the Grinch, he's he's kind of portrayed. He, I, the, the the thing is, a lot of people will disagree with me on this because a lot of people are like, I don't think the Grinch should just hate Christmas for no reason, and it's like, no, that's kind of the point. It's, we're kind of because we're addressing the issue of people who are just kind of anxious and mean and are like, I don't like noise. Like you guys need to like, why are you why are you so happy? You know what I mean? Like that that is a thing. And there are people like that. And, you know, it's trying to to make the angry part of you to be charmed by the who people and find this levity that makes you want to lay down your anger to actually just love everybody. You know what I mean? And that's what the story's about. It's like, and, and you know, is it, it's not, a, and the thing is the story isn't trying to say it's not about the presence. The story is using it's not about the presence to say that we should come together as people. You know what I mean? Dude, you're on fire today. That was so good. <laughs> I'm seriously, I'm and that's what I, makes I, it different. That's why this is a story that's totally built different from any other. You're a hundred percent right. That makes so much sense. And it is what, in my opinion, separates the animated special from the others. Yeah. Uh, the original animated special. Wow. Um, dang, I want to close on that. I seriously, I want people to like really like that. You're right. That is what it is. And that's what makes it different and why we keep revisiting it. Um, Oh my gosh. You know, it's subconscious, but it's there. I've never thought about it that way. And now I have such a bigger appreciation for it than I did before. Uh, yay, I'm glad. No, and I mean, that really truly is why I love it. And also why I truly despise the, the remix that were done. Well, do you love it enough to where you would live there? Not asking if you would move yet, but would you live in Whoville? I would absolutely live in Whoville. It's colorful. The music is amazing. And you have like a small community of like-minded people that you absolutely love. And that none of you are angry when something really happens. Like you're all in such a state of bliss and oneness that you can decide like, ah, all our stuff got stolen, but that's okay. Instead of having, instead of dedicating our whole day to a manhunt to getting all of our stuff back, let's just go out and have the ceremony that we were going to have anyway and I'll hold hands. You know what I mean? It's like, yes, that is absolutely the kind of life that I would want to live. Undoubtedly. That's incredible. I wish we were like that. We should be like that. That's the whole point of the story. All right. Well, I'll exit the conversation here because I would not live in Whoville. 
Uh, <laughs> what? Despite <laughs> loving the holidays, vouching for holiday specials for the entirety of what? loose landering them for 56 minutes. I, uh, I, I'm not saying I want to move from where I live now, but why wouldn't you live there at all? Honestly, That's the fact wild. that it is on a snowflake is not a big deal for me because of the risk. It's a big deal for me because of the isolation. I were you not there? Oh, okay, that's fair. I was going to say, were you not there for our entire conversation? Yeah, the no, last for, hour? for me, it's not about the risk. It is about the fact that I could not venture any farther than the snowflake. I yeah. want somewhere that has more exploration and is a little bit more vast at the end of the day. Um, I can understand. I think every point you made is fantastic. I still think I would weirdly have a hard time blending in because of the person that I've become just through my time here. And I want to go somewhere that I feel like I could still very much be myself and at home. And, you know, maybe I have, maybe some of my complexity does come from suffering and I wouldn't change that, you know? That's uh, so funny. No, Buddhism I mean, says either, that suffering is that part either. of life. Uh, yep. And uh, I'm okay with that. So honestly, I love this special. I love the holidays. And, uh, you know, I love the music. I don't want to live in Whoville. Well, wait, you didn't let me finish. But, well, I, would be, but I would be the Grinch. <laughs> <laughs> you don't mean that. Tell me you're joking. <laughs> I'm, I'm mostly joking. Um... Yeah, I don't know, then man. The, you would the be Grinch, even more isolated. You'd the be Grinch, lonely. The Grinch clearly has the coolest house, though. I will say that. I think that is true. Grinch has a good house. Okay, <laughs> but other question then: Would you move from Trollberg, where both of us decided to move last no week way. from the land of Hilda? No way. I, 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 I'm too interested in discovering, like magic and stuff. That's still too cool for me. Let me use this opportunity to say that we covered Hilda. I guess it would have been a month ago, two episodes ago. And season three has since come out. I have watched. Oh, dude, I haven't the, seen it yet. I've watched the first two episodes immediately. It answers one of the questions we talked about in this podcast, which was, uh, are there other places outside of Trollberg to explore? Very first episode, we go to a totally different place and it's right. awesome. And there is in fact more mysticism, which answers the question. Yes, Man. there is weird stuff everywhere all over the globe in that place. Man, uh, that's one of so, those shows that like, I know Netflix is just going to bury. I'm, I can't even believe that it's gotten another se season, to be honest. Mm -hmm. um, but man, I wish we could get more of that. I, I could get a whole 10 seasons of that stuff, man. Well, uh, we're going to cut it here. I want to tease what's next week or two weeks. Um, if I am able to see Studio Ghibli's The Boy and the Heron in time, yes. we're going to talk about that world because it's a new movie that I know a lot of people are hyped about. Um, oh my God. You're going to have to watch it and then watch an explanation because I bet you you're going to be like, wait, what? Where does this movie even take place? Oh, okay. Do so you feel like it's a bad choice for a place to live podcast? No, honestly. not at all. Uh, not for me. Okay. Um, not for me. So, but I, I don't want to spoil a dang thing about it because it, I really love that movie. I think it might be my favorite Ghibli film, actually. Great. So our backup is going to be Duckburg from DuckTales, if I'm not able to see cool. it in time, which I also think will be a very fun discussion. So uh, I do want to thank everybody who's still here. This is one of my favorite podcasts we've ever recorded. I hope you liked it. I hope that you're having a lovely nice. holiday season. Um, yeah. And or not having a holiday season. I hope you're just having a lovely life. That's right. And... Uh, we're just going to keep on going into the new year for new podcasts and uh, 
we will see you next time. Thanks, everybody. Peace, and I really mean it this time. Peace is the way.